The song became a rallying cry during the 1886 strike wave that demanded an eight-hour working day. We mean to make things over. We're tired of toil for naught, with bare enough to live on and ne'er an hour for thought. We want to feel the sunshine and we want to smell the flowers. We're sure that God has willed it, and we mean to have eight hours. We're summoning our forces from shipyard, shop, and mill. Eight hours for work, eight hours for rest, eight hours for what we will. From the factories and the workshops, in long and weary lines, from all the sweltering forges, from all the sunless mines, wherever toil is wasting the force of life to live, its bent and battered armies come to claim what God doth give. And the blazon on its banner doth with hope the nations fill. Eight hours for work, eight hours for rest, eight hours for what we will. The voice of God within us is calling us to stand, erect as is becoming to the work of his right hand. Should he to whom the maker his glorious image gave, the meanest of his creatures crouch, a bread and butter slave? Let the shout ring down the valleys and echo from every hill. Eight hours for work, eight hours for rest, eight hours for what we will. for the end of the world <laughs> you are listening to your community spirit the show about caring sharing and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it <laughs> bring back the circle again this is a, this is a, i just realized that bring back the world is like a make america great again it's the same <laughs> Just like <laughs> same sentiment. <laughs> Just like hopefully a little bit different of a sentiment. There. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to your community spirit. This is Orda Energy Mon and Labor Day is here. So does that mean you have to work extra hard? Or does that mean we have to celebrate the fact that we d don't have to work 16-hour days or 100-hour weeks? In crazy news, catastrophic storms, once rare, are almost routine. We've reached re the point now where we're, we're constantly saying... The hundred or a hundred year storm or the thousand year storm. Yeah, like they were saying this one, Harvey's a five hundred year storm, supposedly. You know. <laughs> By um, the old standards of storms. <laughs> but while climate change did not cause Hurricane Harvey, it could explain the intensity of this tropical Hey, wait a second. We didn't introduce you. Yeah, this is Tree Song. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> yeah, I was busy pressing buttons for a moment there. <laughs> it's just like... Um, while climate change did not cause Hurricane Harvey, it could explain the intensity of this tropical cyclone as well as other catastrophic storms that have hit the United States 
in recent years, experts say. Harvey is the latest in little over a decade of 500-year and 100-year floods that were once considered rare. The storm, a Category 4 hurricane, when it initially made landfall last week, has dumped trillions of gallons of water onto southeastern Texas, submerged houses and freeways, driven Houston-area residents from their homes, and resulted in more than 20 deaths. Climate change won't mean more storms overall, but it probably will mean that the biggest storms become even bigger, scientists say. For example, rising ocean temperatures could be making storms like Harvey bigger than they could be otherwise, said Michael Mann, a climate scientist at Pennsylvania State University. That's because as the ocean's surface temperature rises, the atmosphere's ability to hold the moisture goes up. I don't know how to say this. According to the Clausius-Clapeyron equation, every 0.5 degrees Celsius of warming means an extra 3% or more moisture in the air. Oh, wait a second. We live in like humid... Yeah, and now it's going to go up. It's going to be more humid now. We've already oh. got <laughs> like I can handle anything, but like, oh, come on, yeah. people. We're just going to be swimming instead of walking through the air. <laughs> it's like, and Harvey grew over an ocean that it was one to one point five degrees Celsius warmer than it was a few decades ago, which means there's around five percent more moisture in the atmosphere. What does more moisture mean? Well. We don't need to be a scientist to know more moisture means a heavier chance of heavier rainfall and bigger flooding, both of which, in Harvey's case, has been wrecking major havoc in the greater Houston area. This was from the L.A. Times. So, Yeah. So, and there's also a, like, we got into one of the scientific points, but there's a detailed article about the science that Michael Mann put out that's called, It's a Fact, Climate Change Made Hurricane Harvey More Deadly. If you would like to receive th- uh, our newsletter with the links, email us info at yourcommunityspirit.org, or you could send us other things, too. I heard you can send money via email. Yeah, and this next story is related. When it rains, it pours. As Harvey devastates Texas, catastrophic floods unfold in South Asia. Monsoon rains have caused floods and landslides affecting 41 million people in Bangladesh, India, and Nepal, resulting in the deaths of more than 1,200 people. Okay, wait a second. In Houston, we had 20 deaths, and everybody's making an extremely big deal about that. Yeah. While, like, three major countries had more than 1,200 deaths and almost haven't heard anything about that. Yeah. It's mostly just people who are... uh, tuned into climate justice who are reporting on this one in the u.s Uh, so yeah frequent floods in south asia are common in the monsoon season between june and september but this is quote one of the most serious humanitarian crises the region has seen in many years according to martin faller deputy regional director for the international federation of red cross and red crescent societies eight organizations are prioritizing food and shelter for stranded victims while the crisis has been going on since mid-August, the downpours have most recently come for Mumbai. Since Saturday, the city's roads have flooded, schools have closed early, and flights have been canceled. India's meteorological department warns that the heavy rains will likely continue in Mumbai until August 31st. So yeah, other countries are getting it worse than us right now, and 
I haven't seen a report about attribution for their storms currently, but it sounds like it's also related to climate change because, you know, similar weather patterns, but that extra degree or two creates a little bit more heat, a little bit more humidity, and the storms do more damage. We're just going to have to become uh, humanity that deals in extremes. (laughs) Yo, what kind of extreme weather are we going to face today? Extreme weather, extreme humanity. (laughs) Maybe we'll just build giant dehumidifiers. (laughs) We could do that? (laughs) What? Science will just come in, like, save us and, like, swoop in and no problem? Yeah, I think that's honestly what some people are planning is, oh, we'll just build a bunch of dehumidifiers. and Where is the water going to go then? Yeah. (laughs) So. I think the people who are denying climate change can just drink the water. (laughs) They'll just drink it out of the air. They have. Trunks. (laughs) They drank the (laughs) Kool-Aid. We're not making fun of everybody. Just everybody. (laughs) California's goal. An electrical grid moving only clean energy via the L.A. Times. California's lawmakers are considering a future without the use of fossil fuels to generate electricity, a step that would boost the renewable energy industry and expand the scope of the state's battle against global warming. If approved at the end of the legislative session next month, the proposal would eventually ensure only clean energy moves through the state's electric grid a goal nearly unmatched anywhere in the world. It would accelerate the adoption of renewable energy by requiring utilities and other electric providers to obtain 60% of their power from sources such as the sun and wind by 2030. That would task regulators with phasing out fossil fuels for the remaining 40% by 2045. The goal, less than three decades from now, no coal or natural gas would be burned when Californians charge their electric cars, run their air conditioners, or flip on their lights. Now, one of the interesting things is people were really freaking out what would happen when the eclipse happened. Yeah. You know, because renewable energy has, well, solar specifically, um, but either renewable energy has, you know, a larger percentage of our electric usage now. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing from the data monitoring on my um, system on my headquarters is it, it does this deep V, but it measures data every 15 minutes. And so the 15 minutes before and after the eclipse, now it's, it's a 10,000-watt a solar system. It produced 61 watts in the 15 minutes before and after <laughs> the solar eclipse. Yeah. So even though there was like, you know, two and a half minutes of complete complete darkness in that 15 minutes it still produced power yeah so even though the system did completely shut off for a couple minutes <laughs> on both sides of it it still produced so that's i d- don't know what will happen and there they studied it you know yeah um i remember reading about it just as the the nasa people had uh, equipment going up in into the clouds so that they could get above cloud cover. All of the sort of electrical engineering people were doing a lot of studying of the eclipse as it was happening for solar. Yeah, because I mean, essentially, if the if so much electricity is not flowing in the grid, the grid would collapse, and then it would take a little while to restart itself back up. Yeah. So, um, 
in some areas they actually ask people to you know use less electricity so it would have less of a chance of collapsing because they're relying on the solar but both major eclipses aren't going over any major solar field so um yeah. Like my friend in uh, California, they got like a 56% totality. So like 56% of um, the light got blocked yeah. where they lived in California. So, so they may still be getting something. Right. So yeah. it's interesting to see the data monitoring on the solar systems there because it just, you know, dips 56% and still is producing. Yeah. Well, so. hopefully by the time one of them actually goes directly over the fields, we'll have it all sorted out. <laughs> But, I mean, if they're doing, going to, you know, try to get to that 100%, they'll be like, oh, we can have issues. But part of the whole thing is to create a diversified energy portfolio, period. Yeah. All right. So, in other news, I wanted to jump over to this one, uh, this last-minute late-breaking news. We don't have a full article about this yet, but we got the word that the IDNR approved the Woolsey's fracking permit application. So what the frack? <laughs> what, what the frack? Exactly. Uh, so uh, I, I'll just read this first paragraph from the Southern Illinoisans Against Fracturing Our Environment about it. Um, in a deplorable, though not completely unexpected, move, IDNR has approved Woolsey Operating Company's permit application to drill and operate a horizontal fracking well near Enfield in White County. This approval marks the culmination of an application process that saw IDNR carefully shepherding Woolsey through the myriad of application deficiencies. Yeah, they, they submitted the application, and it was insufficient, and they told them, here, you know, there's all these problems. But they let them try again, and they kept trying, you know. It's kind of like if you got to take your final exam three times in a row because the teacher liked you. Uh, so, basically, there's going to be more news on this soon, but uh, they also restricted consideration of public comments to... Wait a second. They restricted public comments? Yeah, there's... Let's see. This email doesn't have all the details of that, but they, uh, you know, there are people who, who testified and then submitted the written comments, and then they didn't accept the written part. They just accepted the uh, spoken part because it was, uh, yeah, not submitted at the same time. Something like that. Well, uh, this is late-breaking news, so we will bring more detailed news next week about this. Yeah. In the um, meantime, don'tfractureillinois.net has a lot of links. Uh, links about some of the stuff that they submitted as comments and also links about plans moving forward for how to respond to it. Because I know there are a lot of people in southern Illinois who don't want uh, uh, hydraulic fracturing here. So there's still going to be appeal processes and such that people are going to try. But we'll see. We'll keep you posted. This is the first fracking permit that's been approved um, for this particular type of fracking. I mean, they've had other types of fracking before. We've been underestimating the solar industry's momentum. That could be a big problem from the Washington Post. Analysts have been underestimating the expansion of solar energy for nearly two decades. Scientists reported in a new study released Friday. That could be a serious problem for the industry and maybe the planet. If policymakers believe solar is growing more slowly than it actually is, they may be less likely to prioritize the kinds of research and development that will help better integrate renewables into the grid, such as improving battery storage technology. This could lead us to continue relying on more carbon-intensive energy sources. Quote, 
I think the most important risk is that the regulatory environment does not adapt in time to a rising share in solar energy. End quote, said lead author Felix Kruzig, a professor at the Mercantor Research Institute on Global Commons and Climate Change, based in Germany. The paper comes just a day after the release of a much-anticipated study on the electric grid, ordered by Energy Secretary Rich Perry back in April. At the time the study was launched, environmentalists feared the report might be used to bash renewables and were quick to point out that multiple previous studies have concluded that wind and solar can continue to expand significantly without posing a threat to the grid's reliability. The final report is somewhat more moderate than some renewable energy advocates had feared, though still favorable to coal and nuclear power. And of course, if you would like a link to that report, email us info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Yeah, I often think of this when people, including local people, are talking about, uh, oh, we need to put all this money into like coal research to do more coal cleanly and differently and Solar is already, you know, accelerating at such a rate that there's no need to do any of that. You know, it's, it seems like the, the policy is struggling to catch up with the technology. Well, yeah. I mean, it's economically here. Yeah. So. Solar has arrived. So we've got some holidays coming up. Now, I want to make a, a this, the first woman telephone operator, her name is. Emma Nutt. So that hmm. makes her Mrs. Nutt. Hmm. I mean, this, I have to, I want to make a joke about that so bad. Like, <laughs> I mean. There are a lot of puns. When, 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 I, when your name is a word, then there's all sorts of puns that come up. Well, Emma is like Ima. Ima, yeah. You know, but I mean, to think that this is actually a day that we have to celebrate the first woman telephone operator. Yeah. That someone actually sat down and remembered that day. Yeah, that's an interesting, you know, it's a sort of interesting, quirky day. I, I like it because it's, it, it emphasizes sort of women in STEM fields, you know, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, uh, because they tend to be underrepresented or at least underappreciated. And so any holidays you can come up with that represent women pioneers in those fields are good. So let's see. On a lighter note, National Cherry Popover Day is also today. I don't know if I've ever had a cherry popover. What is that exactly? Sounds delicious, though. Um, I forget what they're called. They are they like little, like little cakes. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I, there's like a brand of things that basically, um, like you put in the um, toaster. Oh, yeah. And it pops up, you know, but okay, yeah, anyway, I, they're I, I, they're artificially flavored, I'm sure, but <laughs> yeah, um, Saturday is International Bacon Day, which is always the Saturday before Labor Day for some reason, yeah, <laughs> I guess because of the cookouts, so uh, yeah, Labor Day is coming up on Monday. I like to call it, you know, I don't know, pretend Labor Day or second Labor Day because the real Labor Day is on May first, <laughs> but any day is a good day to celebrate the working people of the world. So let's us have a dozen Labor Days. It's also Newspaper Carrier Day. And Tuesday is Be Late for Something Day. And Wednesday is Fight Procrastination Day. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. <laughs> Just like. Yeah. I've been meaning to fight procrastination. Maybe I'll get around to it on Wednesday. Maybe not. 
well, Tuesday is belayed for something, so you might as well do it. And then you, you're like, oh, that was it. Procrastinated yeah. enough. Let's I'll fight it. I'll schedule it for Tuesday then. <laughs> and Wednesday is read a book day. Now, I try to read something every day. I don't always succeed, but I'm an avid reader. Yeah, I almost finished one this morning. Yeah. Well, actually, um, I probably do read something technically every day because I read to my daughter, Bedelia, every chance I can get. So even if I'm only reading children's books, <laughs> it's there. Guess what? It is the first day of September. Yeah, September's here. I've already seen some leaves starting to turn. It's a little strange. September is National Preparedness Month, Baby Safety Month, International Square Dancing Month, National Courtesy Month, and Self-Improvement Month. So you could self-improve yourself by being courteous as you square dance. Yeah. There we go. Sounds like a good plan. It's also Hispanic Heritage Month and Better Breakfast Month. So let's work on it. I'm always in favor of a better breakfast. All right. Let's see what happenings we've got coming up. Free Cycle. It's it's already started. Today is the last day of it. It is running today from noon to 4 p.m. over at Guy House. It's where unwanted stuff finds a new home. It's basically like a yard sale where everything's free. People bring their stuff that they want to give away, and other people come and take it if they like it. And uh, one person's junk is another person's treasure. So it's coming up 12 to 4 over at Guy House, 913 South Illinois. Let's see. We also have Fresh Fitness coming up. Uh, That's on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. at Turley Park. People were having such fun being fresh and fit that they extended that through September. And experience is not required. They invite you to wear comfortable clothes and bring a water bottle, towel, and or yoga mat. And they do uh, suggest a cash donation. If you have any questions, you can call 618-559-1939. Also happening on Saturday, the Early Bird Rotary Warehouse Sale is happening on Saturday from 8 until noon. And that is at 205 North Oakland, which is like one block north of Schnucks. And basically, the Rotary Club every year hosts the community yard sale at the SIU Arena. This year will be the 48th annual um, Rotary Community Yard Sale. And so they collect things all year long to sell at that yard sale. But this year, there's an extra bunch of stuff in the warehouse and... They decided, well, let's have an early bird warehouse sale so we don't have to carry it all out to the <laughs> arena. Yeah. So if you're out and about tomorrow morning at uh, 204, uh, 205 North Oakland, um, that's just like right behind the old Bowen Gym High School complex. There's a warehouse there, and you can get furniture, and there's two full um, kitchens worth of stuff that people moved out and donated their stuff. So. Sounds good. And you don't have to wait for the big sale. You get to do this one early. (laughs) And I'm sure there'll be really good discounts on the really big, heavy things, so nobody (laughs) has to move them. Yeah. You can take it away now so we don't have to move it later. (laughs) And it goes for a good cause, too. So continuing the conversation is coming up on Tuesday at 7 p.m. at Newman Center. They've been doing this a while now. I don't know exactly, uh, but it's been going strong for a while. Yeah, well over a year. Yeah, over a year. It may have been two. I've lost track at this point. Uh, Each week, a group of Southern Illinois residents meets on Tuesday nights from 7 to 9 at the Newman Center. 
715 South Washington. Uh, they, their purpose is to bring together an interracial community. They first listen respectfully to each other's life stories. With weekly meetings, they saw strangers become like-minded comrades in arms, and they've built a community that has strengthened their understanding and compassion. Transpoetic Playground, Fight the Hate, Tuesday, September 5th. Man, I can't believe it's September still. Yeah, it's strange. Or, I just already. barely got used to August. <laughs> um, Tuesday, September 5th at 8.30 p.m. at Guy House. The Transpoetic Playground invites all to enjoy the poetry at Guy House. This session's theme is Fight the Hate. Now, if you're a poet and you're interested in peer critique... The Trans Critical Workshop meets from 8 p.m. until poetry starts. That's an interesting new thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a new thing. I may take advantage of that if I can get there early enough at 8. And uh, I have new poetry to share, so uh, there's that. We've got one more event here, Game Night. It happens every Wednesday at 7 p.m. over at Guy House, 913 South Illinois. In this high-tech world, sometimes it's good to slow down a little. Playing games does exactly that. They have game night every Wednesday night to exercise your mind, visit with friends, and make new friends. It'll be a splendid time. So it's kind of fun. It's kind of like a game potluck. Everybody brings what games they have, what games they like, and they decide once everyone gets there what they want to play. Sometimes it's one game. Sometimes there's enough people to split up into two or three, and it's a pretty good time. I go every chance I get, probably most Wednesdays. Now, if you are interested in having your happening happen, please email us, the happening guys, at info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and we will announce it on the radio because, well, that's what we do. There are a lot of things that happen in this town, and we like to share them. In celebration of... The Rich Talent in Southern Illinois. Carbondale Community Arts presents the exhibit Locality. Now, today is the last day to see this. This is over at Art Space 304. The exhibit provides an opportunity to experience Southern Illinois. And so, again, today is the last day to experience that. If you would like to have your happenings shared with more than just us go to wdbx.org slash calendar and you can post your own happenings there for example next Tuesday there's a whole series of things happening in our area did you know that they have something called meet the mayor I think that might be only once a month Um, the, the mayor sets up at a different place in town Um, Join Carbondale Mayor John Mike Henry and Carbondale City Manager Gary Williams on the first Tuesday of each month from 8 to 9 a.m. for Meet the Mayor. Um, This time they will be at Harbo's Cafe on September 5th. Stop on by. So that has been another exciting... Yep. (laughs) (laughs) ...and informative half hour of your community spirit. Um... I will actually not be here next week, but I will try to figure out if it's possible to call in because I will be up in Springfield on my way to go speak at the Mother 
Now, go to speak at the Midwest Renewable Energy Fair in St. Paul, Minnesota. So I'm going to be speaking about living off-grid. Be getting energized. <laughs> I will leave you with something about labor because it's Labor Day. Make sure I press the right button. Have a good day. Stay energized. Eight million Americans have found work at McDonald's. Most pay the minimum wage. In the name of efficiency and profitability, McDonald's has reduced formerly semi-skilled jobs, such as short-order cook, to unskilled and mindless grill tending. A teenager describes cooking hamburgers on a computerized grill in the allotted 90 seconds. They called us the green machine because the crew had green uniforms then, and that's what it is, a machine. You don't have to know how to cook. You don't have to know how to think. There's a procedure for everything, and you just follow the procedures. You're on a 10-in-1 grill, 10 patties in a pound, your basic burger. The guy in the bin calls six hamburgers. So you lay your six pieces of meat on the grill and set the timer. Beep, 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 beep. That's a beeper to serum. It goes off in 20 seconds. Then press the patties down with the spatula. Sup, 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 sup. Now you turn off the be- rear beeper, put the buns in the oven, set the other timer, and then the next beeper is to turn the meat. This one goes beep, 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 beep. So you turn your patties, and then you drop your recons, handfuls of reconstituted onions, on the meat. Tecon, tecon, tecon. Now the bun oven buzzes. This one turns itself off when you open the oven door, so you just take out your crowns, which is the top of the buns, line them up, and give them each a squirt of mustard and a squirt of ketchup. Now you get to put